Spam and Scams, Apple Shopping, and Silicon Valley Bank. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc, the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Find out more at ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's Tuesday night. It's 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, even with uh, daylight savings time, and this is Mac Voices Live. Well, I think at least some of us are still recovering from the time change, but here we are, and if we operate by the clock, this is where we hope you are too, unless you're in Europe, in which case you're an hour off, and we're sorry about that. A uh, lot, lot to talk about tonight, um, so... I'm going to go around the room and introduce who's here, and then we'll just take off um, because we have a number of things to cover. Uh, so, taking my screen as I usually do, up in the corner of the Angels, Mr. David Ginsburg. David, good to have you as always. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's been it's it's always good to be here on a Tuesday night. Get away from the crazy stuff at work and here talking about good tech stuff with you guys. <laughs> and come to do the crazy stuff here. Yeah, it's good crazy. It's good crazy. Okay. Uh, joining us again, Mr. Brian Flanagan, authors, uh, Arthur's. Excuse me, Brian. Um, still got to get your name to roll off my tongue properly. Um, good to have you back. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me again. Uh, glad to be here, and uh, should be a lot of fun. It will be. It will be, and we have something special in mind for you. But we'll tell them about that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't look scared at all. He should. <laughs> ben Rathig is here. Ben, good to have you. Thanks for joining. God, I'm used to hosting myself. Thanks for having me, <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. good to be here, uh, away and thinking about tech rather than the NFL free agency for a moment. <laughs> yeah, which which show are you doing right now, Ben? Uh Last but absolutely not least, uh, Mr. Jeff Gamut has arrived. Jeff, it's good to see you. Chuck, it's so great you're on the show tonight. Ben, I'm glad you're joining us as well. We have a great <laughs> show planned for you. Uh, Chuck, as always, I, I'm really happy to be here and amazed that you continue to let me on. No, it's, it, I wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't have it any other way. And I have to say that you, you not that you didn't look great last time, but you look like you're healthier this time. I assume the antibiotics have had the desired effect. Holy crap. It's amazing, the difference. It's, I mean, there, there's still the part where my energy is low and my brain is more muddled than usual. Um, but yes, I'm among the living and uh, man, better living through medical science is a wonderful thing. Yeah. It is. It is. I want to start off tonight with something that's new. Um, I, I put this in the Slack earlier this week that I think we're going to start a set, an occasional segment called, and I'm about to trademark the name, I think, Spam and Scams, um, because it seems like they're just all kind of new things popping up every, every way you can think of that folks are trying to take advantage of us. I wanted to share three tonight that just happened the last week to me. So this is three kind of new ones that I haven't seen before. And they may not be new to you, but they're new to me. 
Um, the first one was that I got a text message at like 11 o'clock at night that my Amazon driver was having trouble finding my location. And could I please click this link to contact him? Nice. Yeah. I mean, wow. Wow. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. Other than the timing, I thought, you know, because who doesn't have a variety of Amazon packages in the channel at some point? And, you know, of course, needless to say, I didn't click and I wasn't even tempted, but I thought that's a really good one. You know, yeah. so be on the lookout for that. Amazon drivers will not text you and not provide you Never. a link to contact them just in case you ever wonder. So just don't do it. Never. Yes, they will leave your package out in the rain and not care. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, they've done that to me, yes. but us, I'm not sure all of us, plenty of times. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that was the first one. Um, the second one didn't happen to me, but I read about this one, but I thought it was worth bringing up that apparently if you are a frequenter of uh, software pirate sites, that there is an infected version of Final Cut Pro out there that you can download and install. And it will install uh, malicious software right along with Final Cut Pro. So the lesson, I mean, that's not anything new. The lesson there, though, obviously is buy your software from the App Store. Don't download it off of pirate sites because you just don't know what else is coming with it. Yeah. Kind of obvious. The third one, though, was the was kind of the fun one. Um, I think probably everyone here probably knows Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. And Gary has said that marketers will ruin everything. Sooner or later, they'll get around to it, and they will ruin everything. This week, I got, at, at my work email address, I got a typical solicitation. You know, hey, we have this great service. We think it'll help your business and everything. And oh, by the way, you know, congratulations on Mac Voices. Good job. Saw your discussion about um, the, uh, the the Apple uh, or the Super Bowl halftime show. And it's like, okay, that's interesting, you know. And, and the the person said, you know, hey, you'll have listeners here at our at our shop forever. Okay, you know, that's fine. I didn't respond. A couple hours later, I was copied on another email that came back from somebody else to this person and essentially said, hey, good job on tying in the, the, the personal touch, but maybe move it to the front of the email instead of the back. So clearly his boss had looked at this and said, okay, you know, good idea, <laughs> but, you know, just be sure to, to lead, lead with the personalization. <laughs> and I, you know, and I thought, there you go. That's, so they're they're now trolling LinkedIn and you know picking things up um, and you know trying to appear that they are personally interested in you. And if that sounds listen, that could sound very cynical if it had been for the first email. But after I saw the second email, it's like no, this is you know this is just one more thing. So just be on the lookout for it that uh, somebody that seems to really be interested in you probably isn't. They're just probably trying to find that extra little nudge that will get you to respond. Chuck, to ruin it for you even more, this is a long-standing and well-known practice uh, in marketing and sales, um, where you you research your your target, and then you find something that you can include as a, as a personal touch, and um, and then. 
you put that into the message and then the likelihood that that you'll get some sort of engagement does go up now the boss that replied back and made the error of 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 including you on, on the email well done whoever that was yeah. um, they were right should have led with that um it's just this is a standard practice um yes yeah so also go ahead ben yeah also if you are a boss critiquing these kinds of emails forward not reply all (laughs) yeah correct yeah It, it just listen it just cracked me up i mean jeff i you know i know that i've seen that before um, but I just hadn't seen it so specific to a LinkedIn post. That was the thing that's, that really. That's, um, actually, the big surprise for me is that that hadn't happened to you yet, because LinkedIn is such a common place for marketers and salespeople to go to find stuff about you, so that they oh. can they can respond or, yeah, or I mean, craft after- that custom message. Yeah, yeah I've got, it's so common. But um, I, I, yeah, I've got an inbox full of those kind of things. But this one just, you know, again, it's just something different, at least for me. Um, but it's worth calling out and saying, hey, just don't. I mean, look, if you're interested in their service, great. But, you know, just because they uh, they blow some sunshine up your skirt, don't, <laughs> don't pay attention to that. So that's that's a fair statement. Anybody else have any interesting or exciting things that uh, has ha- have happened to them in the scam and spam uh, arena recently? Actually, when you brought up the um, with the Amazon driver and how specific it was, and saying you know, um, you know, eleven o'clock at night to send that to you, I, w- I was thinking, I wonder if it was sent a few hours earlier, you know, during their normal delivery hours, if it would have. You might have not gotten checked, but I wonder if others might have been more likely. Brian, good good point. And you know, who knows exactly how they did it? You know, they they may have just blasted out to a range, not really paying attention to what where the where in time zone land it was. So you know, but again, it it would have been real easy, no matter when I saw it, to to click that and say, oh yeah. You know, I've, I'm waiting for something. Is there a problem? So just be on the lookout because they are getting better all the time. I, I can guarantee that was successful on multiple people in whatever list they were using. Yeah, I would agree, Ben. Yeah. Chuck, Which I have another one spin. for you. This is one that I've been experiencing off and on over the past several months, which tells me that my phone number um, was in some sort of uh, database breach or somewhere along the way, someone accessed a bunch of phone numbers. And uh, actually, they don't even have to do that. All they have to do is automate counting through phone numbers. So anyhow... Uh, I've been getting variations on messages, text messages that uh, that are along the lines of, "Hey, um, uh, I've got your phone number. I think we might have met a few months ago, uh, but I'm not sure." And um, anyhow, so it's it's a, a message along those lines, trying to elicit a response from you. Now. When you respond, 
now you have validated that you have a real phone number and then the uh, the deluge of spam will start coming in. So yeah. if you get those rando messages, um, don't reply. Yeah. I, I also, Jeff, I've also been struggling a little bit. I'm trying to get off of some email lists. And I've gotten to the point now where I won't use the unsubscribe function unless it is a large, reputable company that has, mm-hmm. you know, that has sent something. And otherwise, I'll just, well, in my case, I use, um, I, I use, uh, uh, shoot, <laughs> <laughs> Sanebox and, you know, just drop them in there and let it disappear. Um, but any, do you have any thoughts on the unsubscribe function for the, the, the email lists? The unsubscribe feature that's built into Apple Mail is supposed to be better, but I can't tell you why. Okay. Just curious, just curious as to, you know, um, because. But yeah, a lot, getting- a lot of those email lists that, that just seem like completely random that you're on. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribing may very well just validate an email address that then goes into a database of, of known good spammable addresses. Gary yeah. uh, was right. One, the best one is uh, you get you get a text here. Your box of smartwatch. Uh, it says your box of smartwatch was shipped. Check here. And then I look at all these phone numbers that are listed here. There's like a billion, bunch of billion, a bunch of phone numbers, and these morons continue to stop, t- type stop, 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 and I would continuously get freaking replies of, 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 of because they think that's going to stop that guy from sending you another. Uh, well, it's not even a guy; it's probably an automated. It says automated messages. It is. Anyway. Yeah, it's a computer somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it was it was like for, for days. It just I kept getting messages because people were replying all to stop. <laughs> Dave, you just reminded me of one other thing that happened. I completely forgot about this about this till right now. But I was uh Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, I was in the car driving and I got a, a call and it popped up uh on the screen as from mainland China. It's, okay, I don't know anybody in mainland China. Yeah. So I let it go to voicemail, and it ended up being a recording that said, you have a message. And then the message was in Chinese. Yep. You know, the the voicemail message was in Chinese. Like, well, I don't know. I hope they didn't tell me I won the lottery because I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, here, here's another one I was kept going back and forth. We missed delivering your box today. Select perfect preferred timing. Oh, yep. I, I get those. Messages a lot too. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find local doctors who take your insurance at ZocDoc.com/slash Mac Voices. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms that pain in your back or the sore foot. Whatever it is, it's annoying and concerning. You stumble down a social media rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so called experts. There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you're not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, 
Finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MacVoices. ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Thanks to ZocDoc for their support of MacVoices. Hey, we had a couple uh, more members join us while we were engaging in the spam and scam. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Bolden is here. Uh, good to see you, Eric. Thanks for being here. Yeah, nice to nice to escape work. <laughs> <laughs> nice way to say so it. Much more, this is so much more pleasant, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad. We're glad. And speaking of spam and scam, uh, Jim Ray is here. Uh, I am here to spam and scam you. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Good and have underpants. You, yeah. <laughs> You missed it. <laughs> yeah, you, you were I here. Barely, uh, no, I, I, I supply my own. Uh, <laughs> That's a smart move, actually. <laughs> well, I, I want to start out tonight with one thing that it was on. It was on all the news services today, and I didn't even. I saw this after I put uh, out the the uh, the piece for in our Slack for the panel. Um, so I'm going to throw this in, but Apple apparently has introduced um, a shop with specialist over video service now where you can uh, go online and you can actually interact with a real person to help you choose an iPhone. Uh, and the, the That's link actually guys, really smart. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, Jeff, Jeff, my first question is, why didn't they do somebody do this before? I mean, you know, we we know that you can get on in some cases with some companies on the phone, but why not interact with video so that they can show you exactly what you'd be getting and and why? I love this. And, I, I'm you know, going, go ahead, Jim. Well, I was just going to say, wow, this seems like something that would have happened in 2020. Not that it's you bad now, mind. but yeah, yeah. That that's Jim. That's what I was going to comment with. I'm sorry. No, you you just validated me. So thank <clears throat> you. I, I feel like I can <clears throat> do a mic drop and walk out now. We're actually <laughs> the same person. Look, we're both wearing blue shirts. We are underpants. Hardly tell you See, apart. I sound just like Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this doesn't apply to any of us, but I feel like this would be a great way. For those people who come to you and say, you know, which iPhone should I get or should I get an iPhone? It's like, here, let me connect you with an expert and send them the link and then let them go and let the expert, you know, walk them through all the options and what they would want. And it'll, it's not going to be click through these 25 web pages or pick from these 30 menus. It's going to be, hi, I'm Joe and how can I help you? So I like this a lot. I can imagine using this myself. Really, and Eric's shaking his head too. Really? Oh yeah. Well, because if if you don't have a scheduled appointment at an Apple store, you just go in. You're never really sure how long you're going to have to wait. If it's really busy, this would be great. You get a scheduled time. You don't have to go anywhere. 
You've got access to everything that they're going to ask you a question about. Oh, hey, do you have, um, and it works with this and this and this. Oh, hey, well, I'll get back to you. I'm going to have to go back home and go look. You know, you've got all your stuff. It's right there. You can hold something up. You can hold up a, you know, a drive or whatever and say, well, I, you know, I've got this thing. What, what do I need to go with it? And yeah, you get all your answers. And I mean, I, and I have to say, I've been really happy when I've gone into the store. But it's not right next door. So it gives yeah. more opportunities. I like that. Yeah, and not only is the Apple Store not always right next door, uh, there's a sizable portion of the population that is either an hour away or several hours away from an Apple Store. Those people, if they have a question, will go to their local big box or their local carrier store. Well, that kid might be an Android fan. Or that might be what his boss told him to push today. Exactly. So, I mean, plus, you know, when when it comes to a carrier store, Apple isn't making as much money selling those to retailers. So by go- making it easy to directly ask Apple, they have a chance to convert them se- that sale themselves and get you their corporate talking points. And and you can then get add-ons of Apple Care as opposed to add-on of the carrier warranty, you know, break fix policy. That's a really good point, Eric. That's a really good point. Oh, was good. Oh, uh, Brian, go. Oh, I was just saying, uh, yeah, well, many of us are probably, you know, we'll research a lot about the technical aspects of what the phone is and that type of thing. I was just reading here about, you know, it's the Apple trading offers, carrier deals, financing options, things like that, that, you know, I may not focus on too much otherwise or, you know, wouldn't know about unless I was shopping specifically for a new phone. Yep, more good points. Yeah, you, you're right. You may not know about the trade-in options um, or or what financing is possible. And, and right. I can also see, because this is being done virtually, um, you know, if, if somebody's at an Apple store or is an Apple store employee who's obviously been trained, there are work-from-home options here. There, there are opportunities for them to supplement their time. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm sitting in Pennsylvania. I can certainly answer calls from Utah and Wyoming and California and you know anywhere else because it's going to be the same thing. The biggest question is going to be which carrier is available to you. So, yeah. Okay, I stand corrected. At least two of the panel members would use this. I hadn't thought about it that way. Okay, guys. So the next one I, I was hesitant to bring up because it seems like it's changing on an hourly basis, but I feel like we have to just touch on the Silicon Valley Bank thing. And I was I was hoping Brian would be able to be here tonight because as an economics professor, um, I'm, I'm anxious to hear what his take is on the developments. And and just for clarification, it's uh, as at this moment it's eight twenty four on. March what fourteenth? Yes, in the Friday. evening. And yeah, thank you, Jeff. In the evening. So if if you if you 
listen to this later. That way you have to rewind the timeline to where we are now. Brian, you know, it's been, I know you were away uh, for the weekend, but it's been hot and heavy over the weekend. Any th- Just any general thoughts on this? I don't think we need to recap what happened because everybody knows at this point. Sure. Um, well, I, I guess one of the, the bigger takeaways that I was reading about in the story was how, um, you know, with the FDIC insurance, our accounts that we have in a bank are, are secured and guaranteed safe, even if the bank fails, up to uh, $250,000. And I guess the big takeaway was um, because of what such a large impact that this bank had, is that the FDIC and the federal government are stepping in and guaranteeing, um, I, I believe, and I could be mistaken, this, like you were mentioning the things, how they change so often. I believe all the accounts are going to be made whole by the federal government. Um, and I think one of the big takeaways to think about is because it was such a, a, a relatively large bank, you know, one of the, they call the super regional banks, um, it we create so much instability in the economy and uh, the fear that other people might have that that's one of the reasons why it was covered. I would agree. I mean, I, I know there were a couple articles over uh, today's Tuesday. So I guess yesterday where some of the regional stocks, regional bank stocks were tanking mm-hmm. just because you know, guilt by association almost. That if you're regional, you must you may be engaging in some of these questionable practices, or you know, not doing the management properly, or you've just gotten caught up in the current financial situation. And there does seem to right. be a fair amount of that in this situ- in this story. Right. I, from what I was reading, especially in the Silicon Valley Bank, uh, apparently a lot of the securities that were bought were bought prior to the interest rates increasing, and when they were bought at a fixed rate. Um, and they try to, uh, they're on the hook basically for that, for that money at now a lower interest rate than what's being given now. It can create a huge, um, uh, financial burden, which obviously way overwhelmed the bank. Now, am I correct in, in, um, what I'm thinking, which is that when you're doing the the bond thing and the interest rate gets changed, and now you're basically upside down on that, and uh, and you have in this moment lost money, you sit on those. If you if you are diversified enough that uh, that you can cover these things, you just sit on them. You wait for them to mature, and now you haven't lost money. I believe they so. couldn't do that in this case. Well, I, I think people were trying to get their money too, and I was reading one of the stories, um, just how much upside down that they were. It was, it was huge. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that stated. And, Maybe, and my understanding was they have assets larger than their um, obligations, but not short-term available assets. Um, so, you know, basically there was a run, they couldn't cover that immediately, but that doesn't mean there aren't assets. So, you know, I keep hearing that, you know, it's likely that a larger bank will buy them. And and also you were saying that, um, you know, so the shareholders will be, you know, zeroed out, but not the depositors. And also I think, um, you know, I don't think the federal government 
is going to, you know, that's not where the money is coming from to, you know, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's coming from other banks, essentially, because the banks pay into this FDIC fund. So it's not taxpayer money that's going into this. Right. And the, the yeah. one, the, the distinction I heard today, and I thought it was a, a really good one, that this is not to be considered a bailout. And not everybody agrees with this distinction, but it's not to be considered a bailout because the management of the banks are being fired um, because they are, were not <clears throat> managing well. And the second thing, what was the second thing? I lost it. The shareholders um, are going to oh, get nothing. Um, Right. The shareholders get nothing. You made an mm -hmm. investment. It turned out to be a bad investment. We're sorry, but tough luck. So I, I don't know what the, what the uh, exact banking definition is of a bailout, but certainly some of the things we've seen in the past definitely did not remove management. Um, excuse me. The interesting thing about this was kind of the timing. This was the second largest uh, bank failure in U.S. history. In fact, it was so large that two days later, Signature Bank, the third largest bank failure in U.S. history, happened, and nobody's talking about it. Right. Yeah. But but that's not inflation-adjusted when you say largest, right? Yeah. yeah. It's by deposits. Right, but if you ingested for inflation, that's probably not the case. Correct. I mean, it wouldn't have the probably the same uh, adjusted value of Continental, Illinois, or uh, what's that one in uh, Washington Mutual. But still, that's a lot of money. And especially considering this is a bank in Silicon Valley where a lot of the tech companies keep their money. This could definitely have some short-term impacts on the tech sector. All right. So, because you know how I am, I'm like, yeah, Jim's got a really good point. Let's figure out what the deal is. Here's the deal. I just dropped a link into, uh, uh, oh, I should drop it into, the, uh, the YouTube I don't think you chat. can. You can't, Jeff, unfortunately. You can try. Too late. Just did. Um, <laughs> didn't show up. Boo. All right. Yeah, so, so here's the deal. Um, um, let's see. So the largest failure at, uh, at, let's see, with assets at time of failure, Washington Mutual, then Silicon Valley Bank, then Signature Bank. So... Um, yeah, there you go. Now, uh, adjusted for inflation, um, um, Washington yes, Mutual is still significantly more than uh, Silicon Valley Bank. So, Washington Mutual would be $368 billion, and Silicon Valley Bank is $209 billion, and then Signature is $118 billion. And then next after that is Continental Illinois Bank and Trust, which in 1984, that was 40 billion adjusted. That's 104 billion. Okay. So the part, and Ben danced around it a little bit that uh, I'm most interested in here is what does this do 
to Silicon Valley from a banking perspective, from an ability to do business perspective. Now, we, the good news is that none of the banks, the, the ones that popped up on the news, um, I think I think the first list I saw was Meet the Press over the weekend, and leading the charge was Roku with, if memory serves, at least at that time, they were saying $480 million in the bank. 25%. 20, was it? Okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, in, an, in a normal market, market environment, this would appear to create a lot of opportunities for folks to come in and fill in and do what Silicon Valley was doing, Silicon Valley Bank was doing for the tech environment. I don't know what kind of regulations are going to be implemented, and certainly there are going to be some shareholder, uh, some shareholder examination of the situation and how management was handling this. But what's everybody think about? You know that I mean is how much is this going to hamper the the startup environment of Silicon Valley at least for the uh, the short to midterm? A lot. When you had all those banks fail in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. Credit limits got real conservative for a time. I think you're going to see something similar where everybody stops, uh, looks at their own assets, and may not give out those riskier loans. Uh, um, Risky loans, that's a good point. SVB was uh, known for taking chances on uh, on startups that other banks likely would not have. Um, in, in many cases, that definitely paid off for them because they were taking part of their payment in uh, in shares, and so the so the bank was making money on a lot of these startups. Um, my guess is that what we will see is that a lot of banks, especially around the Silicon Valley area, will now start paying closer attention to their diversification. Because the thing that made SVB so attractive to so many companies is also the thing that I think ultimately became its Achilles heel. Since everything that it was doing investment-wise and uh, and customer-wise was technology um when when they didn't or when something went wrong there for them then they were not in a position to be able to cover that with uh with the money that's flowing in and out through the other types of businesses and customers that they could have been dealing with so i think we'll see a lot of these banks make a uh, uh, concerted effort to be more diversified now um, even though the SVB model for a while looked like uh, like a really good thing, yeah. Brian, thoughts on this uh, from from this angle? I agree. You know, you figure because of this huge collapse, there's going to be so many eyes on this company, and it's. Uh, I was just reading here. I guess S- uh, HSBC UK may have acquired them too. So, I mean, the, you're going to have so much spotlight of what's going on. And so you, you got to imagine there the risky loans that may have been there in the past. And then even from maybe some of the other banks that were much smaller, it, 
even with or without the regulations that'll come down right away. Um, I, I don't, I agree. Yeah. It's not going to be a lot of, um, it has to be a very sound loan. I would think for it to, to occur. This Mac Voices Live panel is back next time to finish up our conversation about the Silicon Valley Bank situation and then take a look at a service that is integrating chat GPT. And it isn't Microsoft. That's next time on Mac Voices. I'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at Cashfly.com.